Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network for another episode on 24. We are still on day two. We are on episode eight, 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. Sorry, day two, 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. First aired on the 17th of December, 2002, directed by James Whitmore Jr. and written by Joel Cernow, or whatever his name is spelt this week, and Michael Losef and... After the highs of last week, gotta say, another pretty decent episode. Um, and I've got something really, something really interesting to comment on why I'm starting to maybe enjoy this season more than we have had for the earlier parts of this. So, um, yeah, I'm very excited to talk about this. My name is Ben, and if you know anybody that needs a pool service, here's my card. I, I work the whole valley. And I can already tell we're going to debate because my name is Colin and this episode is like bamboo shoots under my fingernails. <laughs> Look, I got to say, I, I think it clicked in my head this episode why all of a sudden I'm like, I enjoyed last week and why I enjoyed this week. This is like a C-list TV show that's on like Seven Mate. It's like, it's it's kind of almost like soap opera with a budget because... It's it's and you throw in a bit of three stooges in there and it's just like it's kind of just it's weirdly like terrible television that is actually really entertaining. We have like bumbling terrorists this week. Lol, I've got a flat tire. Oh awkward. <laughs> um we've got Sherry getting dismissed, but then dumb old President Palmer keeping her around for reasons that make no sense. We've got the worst of the worst of Kim back again, which is just terrible. But it's like weirdly entertaining. We get angry Mason bashing people for whatever reason that Mason <laughs> wants to bash people. Um, and we've got a weird storyline with Kate basically hacking a computer and getting kidnapped randomly. We've finally got the payoff about John Terry and the CIA. I'm finally glad that we've retconned his time on James Bond. Um, and then we get one of the best dialogue scenes in all of 24, which I will fight to the death with being the top five of this season. Um, it's is a it, mumbo. You need lunch, Michelle. You yes. should get changed, Michelle. <laughs> it is. It's such a hodgepodge of an episode. And like, I'm going to sit here and say, if you think this is a trash episode, I'm not going to debate you. Like it kind of is, <laughs> but like, I actually, like, was sitting there this whole time just weirdly enjoying this. Like, the stuff that we had earlier in the season that I was saying was bad. Like, it just wasn't enjoyable. For some reason, I'm enjoying the Three Stooges as terrorists. I'm enjoying, <laughs> like, <laughs> Kate and random John going through a computer file, like, hacker star. <laughs> like, the ineptness of Tony Almeida as a CTU agent. Like, let's pick apart his storyline, how terrible of a CTU agent he is. It random private investigator found something that he couldn't. Um, 
this episode is terrible, but I love it. <laughs> so I'm on board with you that I'm, I think I'm at the point where I can enjoy the badness of this season. Uh, but not in this episode. <laughs> this was like, this took me three viewings to get through. It was just so bad, so dull, uh, and, and and not even dull in a slow way. Like they're still rushing so many things. It's just this, there's no logic to anything. There's no payoff to any, like if, if they had a really bad, ridiculous payoff, I might enjoy it more, but this, this is like nothing happens 24 this week. Aww. Not I'm into one thing in this episode and it is definitely for the wrong reasons, uh, but it's, it's probably only because I associate it with something else. So I'll be excited when we get to that. One thing you've got to admit, nobody's phoning it in. Everybody is actually like <laughs> really like Kiva oh, Sutherland. Yeah. Like, God, give this guy an Emmy for facial acting alone in this episode. Um, Like, even freaking Alicia Cuthbert's not phoning it in. She's trying to best with the crap that she's got. Like, this is the thing. Like, nobody is phoning it in. Everybody is just acting their asses off, which to me is maybe why I like it. Well, I just, like, this is maybe why I like it so much because it's almost like it's, it's too dramatic for what we've got. Like, and it's just, it's almost like I'm watching, like, Home and Away or something like that. But I'm like, really? I'm just so entertained by the dumbness. Um, <laughs> which is always like season two. We've always said, like, oh, it's such a, you know, what do we think about this season this time around? I feel we're definitely on the page of, oh, okay, it's a bad time around this what time watching season two. But, um... Oh, I don't know. This is going to be an interesting episode. Should we get Kim out of the way with like a bit more Kim this week than last week? Um, So, like, again, they were like all arrested and everything at the end of the, oh my God, he killed her. Within, what are we, like two minutes into this episode, they're just chilling. (laughs) (laughs) Kim's just sitting in the seat. Yeah, this is what happened. Miguel's here. Can I talk about Megan? Her mother is dead in the trunk and she's just going... Kim, what's going to happen? Where am I going? Like, <laughs> your mother has been brutally murdered by your father and you're just acting like you're going to your friend's house after school. Dumb I'm hungry. Shit. I want a snack. I'm thirsty. <laughs> Give me a juice box. <laughs> Don't you burp me. Don't you change me. <laughs> Santa Claus coming. Oh, we've already done it, haven't we? Um, So I, the thing that, like, makes this so soap opery is the fact that she's all, like, Oh, you can't take her to LA. Keep her out of LA. Why can't you go into LA? And let me go. Tell her, Kim. I can't. <laughs> no, no. It's I not the time. Do. It's not the time. Like, oh my God. Um, it's just, why does Kim get put in the front seat with this cop? A yeah, murder suspect. <laughs> The only note I made, well, I made two notes on Kim in this whole episode, and one of them is, is she not under arrest? Are they supposed to ride in the front seat? For murder! <laughs> like, this This isn't like you're under arrest for petty theft or tax evasion. Like, you probably put them in the front. Murder! Like, it's because she's a white woman, isn't it? Uh, like, let's be honest. She's got a this... great body. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you swim? <laughs> <laughs> but, like... And I love this cop. Actually, I really like this cop. I randomly do like this cop. But, like, I just love the fact that they're just having this casual old conversation in the front seat of the car. This murder victim and, you know, buddy cop comedy coming soon to Fox. It's the murder victim (laughs) and the cop. What will happen this week? Um, And good old cop Joe picks up his phone and he's just having a chat with 
cop Frank back at the precinct. Like, yeah, no, they're telling the same story. <laughs> Lol, children, murder victims. Oh, whatever. Oh, she was dead. Did you see the stab wounds? Oh, that little girl has no idea. <laughs> and then starts talking to Kim. So he's telling the same story, saying there's some sort of threat to LA. And he, she's just like, <laughs> call my dad. Like, Kim's <laughs> playing the same old card as season one that every law enforcement agent in all of LA knows who Jack Bauer is. Like, that is her go-to. To so call my dad. Who is your dad? Jack, <laughs> Jack Bauer! <laughs> the Jack Bauer? So that would but make I- you the Kim! Oh, my God. Just better not get in your way because you'll tell me to bring it on. You know that guy <laughs> who went to Stanford and got his life together because he was in foster care. Um, you know Can you everyone. give me his autographs? You stood up to Melanie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then I, I love that, like, basically Kim, like, alludes to something and then good old copper here gets on <laughs> the radio. Ah, uh, yes, hello, dispatch. Can you keep me through to the FBI? And he's old Jenny. Oh, I can't. Been trying to get through to them for the last half an hour and no one's answering. Oh, that's unusual. Do you know what's happening? No, they're very busy. And he's like, what the hell's going on today? <laughs> Why is that unusual? Are the FBI not busy? Like, is it, is it a sadly? <laughs> Mulder and Scully just sitting around the office. Oh, bored. Somebody has threatened the city with a nuclear bomb already. Oh, Scully. <laughs> Want to do something? No, you never know when LAPD might need to dispatch us. We've got to keep the lines open. <laughs> I just love that. What's going on today? <laughs> he needs to dramatically turn it to the camera. I'm like, what's going on today? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, so they're back at um the... I, like, are we... I can't remember if they're meant to be back in LA and they've taken Megan somewhere else because... He's, like, talking to Kim and telling him, like, why did I find you 20 miles out of Los Angeles if you did nothing wrong? Okay, so they took a whole hour last week to be 20 miles out of Los Angeles, yeah. right? Okay, I've been to LA. The traffic Driving is pretty shit. Driving the speed of light. <laughs> For once, the traffic in LA must have been up to its usual standards. Um, but then now, all of a sudden, they're back in LA in, like, 15 minutes? Like, okay. Um I kind of, it's kind of weird to do this scene with Jack because, like, I think that maybe we can sort of do it separate in a weird way. But, like, I just love Jack, uh, uh, Kim calling up CTU. Oh, I need to speak to my dad. Oh, okay, what's up? Yeah, I'm in the cop station. Oh, what's wrong? I'm being charged with murder. <laughs> and there's a bomb coming. I just love Michelle. Oh, oh, okay. George, I've got Jack's daughter. Says she's been charged with murder. <laughs> George says, oh, it's Saturday, 3 o'clock, Kim's been charged with murder again. <laughs> like, I just love the casual nature of, oh, okay, murder, is it? Oh, it's a new one. <laughs> but I, lo- I love it, like, Jack's initial reaction, it's like, to, to Kim, like, what do you mean she's at the precinct? It's like, oh, yeah, she's been charged with murder, she didn't do it! Like, she's your daughter, Jack. <laughs> exactly. We honestly missed out on a season of Kim turning evil. Like, I just want yeah. Kim. The cougar finally made her snap. <laughs> um, Kim finally, like, God, the worst secret teller in the history of the world, keeper in the history of the world, because we've got old doe-eyed, dreamy Miguel here staring at her. It's like, what's going to happen in LA today, Kim? And he looks at her and she gives him a nod and... There's a nuclear bomb in Los Angeles today. And then this old cop's just like, huh, what's going on today? (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's it, isn't it? That's the last bit we see. So, um, yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, now, now, a couple problems with this. Uh, the the cop should not be surprised when she says nuclear bomb because when he's on the radio, he even says, yeah, that boyfriend of yours, he was saying something's happened in Los Angeles. Something about a bomb? So Miguel's already told people. Like, this is out. Like, why is it a big revelation later? Uh, and when you mentioned about the, the FBI lines, of, I just want Kim to go, no, no, no. I said, C-T-U. <laughs> why is he trying to call the FBI? Like, you know, you don't call up, I, I mean, if, if you're a, an executive uh, or, or a producer on 24, they're like, listen, listen, listen. Something is going to be something's going to go down with the next episode. You, we need to talk to the network. Get me the executives from ABC. <laughs> <laughs> and the phone call between Jack and Kim, like you said, everybody's giving their all. I can tell that Alicia Cuthbert is giving it her all, but it's not even a knock against her as an actress. I mean, she was what 19, 20 years old when this episode came out. Yeah. A, a lot of people, even in their 40s as actors, don't know how to cry on camera. That is the worst crying I have ever seen. It is basically <laughs> her whimpering, sniffling every once in a while without a single tear falling down her cheek. Uh, and, and just how illogical Kim is, it just gets to me more and more every week because she's like, no, we can't go back to Los Angeles. Don't take Megan back there. It's all about protecting Megan. So she has a chance to get out of this. Jack's like, I'm going to send somebody down to pick you up. No, I only want you to get me, Dad. Don't send somebody else. Do you want to die, Kim? Do you want Megan to die? Do you want Miguel to die? Like, why is she insisting it has to be Jack? Stop trying to prevent the bomb and save my life. Oh, she just gets worse and worse every week. But she's I'm also with you. very calm for someone who's being charged with murder. Like, if yeah, exactly. I'm, if I'm in that car and, like, like, you're in the back, like, oh, my God, Jamie killed him. <laughs> like, I'm not just going to be sitting there going, oh, God, here we go, charge the metal. I'm like, I didn't do it. Like, I'm going to yeah, be like, exactly. I, I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> just call my dad at CTU. He'll tell you yeah. I didn't do it. The Jack Bauer. <laughs> but this cop is good. I think we've run into a couple of these random characters that we all like. Uh, the first one, I think, was in season one, the, the undercover cop that arrested... Mm. Um, Rested them, and then uh, we had the the. I don't know if he was a van drive the security guard uh, a couple weeks ago, Mister yep. Stuntman. We were trying yep. to get an interview with still. Uh, hey, and they replied to me. Can I just say that the, the, his manager yeah, replied right. to me, <laughs> having her back since. <laughs> Must have listened to the show. The demand. <laughs> but yeah, this cop is good, and of course it makes no sense. But it is nice to at least have somebody with common sense on this show who's like, yeah, put in a call. But but. The whole thing with her sitting in the front seat makes even less sense if if he from the beginning was like on the on the phone with the, his his buddy there. Yeah, yeah, they're they're talking about a bomb going off, <laughs> but I don't know. I heard the FBI lines were kind of full today. Like if he had any suspicion that she was telling the truth from the beginning, it makes sense for her to have. Hey, listen, listen, sweetie, with the good body. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you swim? Uh, you swim? <laughs> yeah. uh, I I have a feeling that you didn't do this. You don't look like a killer to me. So just tell me, be honest with me. What happened? Then it makes sense for it. But he's basically, but yeah, yeah. These murderers here who kidnapped a little girl. Oh, they expect us to believe there's an attack on the city. Say this right in front of her. She's not even handcuffed. Like if, if he believed as he did that moment, she's a real killer. She's grabbing a pen from his cup holder, stabbing him in the neck, grabbing a hold of the steering wheel. 
Like none of this makes it world's worst cop who we actually like though. <laughs> well, well, that's a very valid point. Let's be honest. If, if Kim's black, she's like beaten to the ground. Like, I mean, this is, <laughs> this cop is racist and also sexist because if it was a boy, it was a man probably in the back seat at least. Oh, Miguel well, is like, in the back seat right now. Well, he, he's Latino. So of course he is. But like, why, why, <laughs> like, like a cop would every single day in arresting someone Hear every excuse under the sun. Oh, I murdered it because the aliens told me to do it and they're coming to Earth at five o'clock. Does this cop literally believe it? Aliens, you say? Get me the FBI. Hey, Cheryl, yeah. uh, can you get me to the FBI? Oh, they're busy. They're busy, you say? What's going on today? Like, he's quick to believe <laughs> them. Like, he's even when she says there's a nuclear bomb, he's like, oh, okay, I believe it. It's post 9-11 America. This must be true. Like, I'm sorry. Again, just been charged with murder. We're trying to get out of the city. Like... Do your job. Like, <laughs> I oh, I flew the plane into the building because I was trying to get out of the city because there's a nuclear bomb. Get out, Osama. Like, everyone run. Everyone run. Like, is that the excuse it takes? Can I go murder someone? I'm like, well, there's a nuclear bomb. I'm going to do it. And this dispatcher not terribly worried either that she can't get through to the FBI. Like, how often does Highway Patrol need to call the FBI anyways? <laughs> exactly. Like, whoa, we got a dead, dead possum on the side of I-75. Give me the FBI. It's on the, it's on the border between California and Nevada. Whose jurisdiction is it? <laughs> Federal. I, well, what else is she going to respond to? And I also can't get a hold of Ron Weedland. <laughs> get me Armis. Armis can fix it. Get me Armis. <laughs> Uh, thanks, Kim. Uh, let's let's we've got a new storyline this week. Let's meet the Three Stooges. I mean, the terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of the episode. I love these guys. I absolutely love these guys. It's like they come out of nowhere. We've got the ice cream van doing ding 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 ding. ding. <laughs> mummy, mummy, ice cream. Ah, it's a nuclear bomb. Uh, <laughs> I just love casually driving down the street. They're just all like, you know, just. Just chilling and all, oh, having a little argument. Like, oh no, uh, they've got to, they're waiting for us for the bomb. Like, and they're all sweating and they're all nervous and all that sort of stuff. But oh no, tire blowout. Oh no. <laughs> I just said the Benny Hill music to play because it gets out of the car and they're like, oh. <laughs> Charlie Horse, Charlie Horse. <laughs> of all the days for this to happen. <laughs> You just need like the road runner like coming and beep beep, and then guy having like a side <laughs> gun, like ouch. Holding up. I want Acme printed on the bar. <laughs> Seriously, needs to be like. And can we just point out, George Mason is dying because he was exposed to this bomb. You just got three guys chilling in the back of a truck, like <laughs> driving around LA, like do 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 do. We're the terrorists. <laughs> And then I love this guy who pulls up. Now, this guy's off That's something. That's the guy. I... That's Dennis Nedry. That's why I wrote my notes. This is my favorite character. Who is this? Like, he seriously looks like he's off something. Um, but I just love him. He's like, hey, friendly neighborhood Arabs. What can I do for you today? A bit of trouble. Oh, I'll help you. The guy's like, oh, we need help. <laughs> bloody well fixes his car and they're all like oh nervous oh no they might see the nuclear bomb in the back of the car <laughs> it's like they're just carrying a nuclear bomb in downtown LA while their tires blow I just want the tire to blow up and the nuclear bomb to just go off <laughs> <laughs> and Palmer's sitting at his desk just chilling eating his lunch uh sir yes uh the bomb went off what what's the <laughs> casualty estimates <laughs> And get me the passenger list. <laughs> and why can't I get through to the FBI? 
<laughs> Something's going on today. <laughs> <laughs> but I love this guy. He's just basically all like, oh, like the guy's like, oh, let me give you some money. No, 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 no. I'm happy to help out a friend. But if you ever need a pool service, here's my car. I want this guy. Well, Larry said he needed his pool cleaned. Let me give him a call. <laughs> Larry. Yes, Muhammad. Remember you said you need your pool cleaned. Yes, I did. Here's Jeff. Oh, hello, Jeff. Just do you do, do free estimates? Do it before seven o'clock tonight. Why is that? <laughs> you might not have a pool anymore. Why? No reason. <laughs> no reason. Thunderstorm. Bye. <laughs> But, of course, you've got this scene where one of the terrorists is all like, oh, look at the kids playing on the street. Kids are very influential this season. Jack wanted to help the bomb when he saw the kids on the street. Now mm-hmm. the terrorists are seeing Like, I'm sure. Like, Megan. Yeah, well, I mean, that kid deserves to die. But, like, I, I believe they're... <laughs> I believe there are actually a couple of extra terrorists about to get on those planes on 9-11, but they saw, like, little Penny <laughs> playing in the airport. It's like, no, no, Farouk, I can't do this. Bye-bye. Um, Allah Akbar. And just walk off. Um, but I just... This scene's actually pretty epic, though, like the, the murder scene, like when there's got... Um, the the terrorist guy is just like he's sweating and he's all like, oh no, I can't do it, I can't do it. And he kind of pulls up and he's like, no, I can't do it. So then this other terrorist just shoots him. It's like, well, okay. And then like I love it, he falls out of the truck. And then the other guy goes to get his body, and then bang, 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 he's shot. And poor old terrorist number three who's chilling with the bomb in the back just got two guys murdering each other in front of him, and he's just like, ah, oh, shit. Um, <laughs> Guess more virgins for me when we die in uh, in a couple of hours. 80 virgins each? Well, that's 240 for me. Allah Akbar indeed. Uh, so he gets, gets back in the van and drives off. Uh, job got a bit easy for him, I guess. Uh, so I love this. I just It's so, like, wacky and, like, physical comedy and it's just, like, Looney Tunes meets the Three Stooges. <laughs> meep, meep. Oh. And, and like uh, the, the, now, what I really want is it, the whole revelation. As you said the guy, oh, he's sweating now. You know that that um, that meme where it's the cartoon character and he's got the two buttons to press and he's sweating. Oh, the, the the do you want to wake up? Yes or no? Die another yeah. day one. Yep, yep, yep. Let's uh, let's do a T-shirt with this guy's face. One sweating, one not sweating, and the two buttons is blow up Los Angeles, save the children. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> But, but like, you're right. This is straight out of a comedy, and it's not intentional. Uh, it, it's random we're getting these characters in the first place. Little Dennis Nedry here comes to the rescue. <laughs> so why insured? Uh, it, it's also so bad because, you know, of course, they, they knew going into this season they were probably going to get some criticism. You know, they do things like the, the Reza dilemma. Oh, is he or is he not a terrorist? Because they want to play with the audience. They want to make some people angry before they have reveals later on but there is no other reason to have this scene in there other than to show not all terrorists are bad kids don't judge all Arabs on you know one act of 9-11 because they're trying to show this moral dilemma and I I don't see any other reason they would put this in the show randomly if they weren't trying to humanize Arabs but it's one thing to say let's humanize Arabs you're trying to do that with Reza and his family 
Let's yes. humanize the terrorists now because these guys deserve our sympathy. As long as they, as long as they like children, it's okay. You know, yeah. uh, None your, your intentions way. don't matter. Yeah, exactly. No, no. Uh, but it's just so hilarious. I just, I, I completely, as soon as this scene came up, I completely like turned on. I went, I didn't get turned on. <laughs> so wow. <not> that. <laughs> I completely got turned on. Oh, nuclear bomb and terrorists. Oh, Jamie. <laughs> These terrorists all look like they can swim. Uh, but it's just, I went You've from- You've got a great body. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, have been carrying a nuclear bomb. <laughs> but, uh, but like, I, I went from, oh, I need to shut this off for 10 minutes and come back to, all right, I want more of this. And of course, we're not really going to get more of this, are we? Uh, but uh, uh, eh, I don't know. We I don't see, remember. We see the remaining terrorists. He's, he's seen it for a little bit. Yeah, but not the not the- but yeah, I didn't even think about the the radiation sickness these guys should be suffering from, let alone everybody else, all these children. Like, is he sweating because he's now starting to suffer from the radiation sickness or is it actual guilt? We don't know. When he starts angrily grabbing random people and shoving against a wall and going like, Yanking his teeth out one by one. (laughs) Now, okay, so here's an interesting fact for you. The driver, Rick, uh, is familiar. Of course it's Rick. He's been in a lot of um, Adam Sandler movies. Brad Grunberg. Now, have a guess who his brother is. Greg? It is. Seriously? He is Greg Grunberg's older brother. So there you go. Um so Brad Grunberg is his name. So there you go. But um, no, he's uh, been in um, he was in Dexter. Uh, he was in Alias. Apparently, don't know who he was in Alias, but uh, he was in it. Of course, he's a Grunberg. He's in Alias. Um, but <laughs> yeah, like I, I, yeah, I actually now you that know, I think about it, definitely some Adam Sandler movies I've seen him in. I don't even see a resemblance with him and Greg. That's the funny thing. Um, Greg, I'm actually uh, watching because I'm rewatching all of Alias. I'm close to the end of season three right now. I love Greg Broomberg. Uh, and uh, also, I'm rewatching Heroes. Don't know why I'm putting myself through. Is <laughs> your last one. pass a second season? <laughs> well, I'm on the third season right now. I'm showing it to Jamie for the first time. And she's watching because she loves Greg Grunberg. She says that's fat Keanu Reeves. Uh, <laughs> but I'm pointing out in in Heroes how Greg Grunberg is basically what these guys are. He's the bumbling. He's supposed to be a cop, but he's this bumbling idiot. Dun, 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 and so it seems fitting now, even though I can't see a resemblance between these guys, that they basically play the same role. They're they're the dopey, in one case slightly chubby, in the other case slightly more chubby, uh, <laughs> bumbling fools. Oh God! I, I, I at least appreciate that you can find something interesting in this. Um, see, this isn't enough <laughs> bad episode. The fact that we're hating on it, it's fun to talk about. Um, I, love, I more- just want to say, I, I. I I wish we did profile pictures because this one picture of uh, uh, Dennis Nedry Grimberg here, where he's got the backwards baseball hat and he's giving the two thumbs up. <laughs> yes. you like that one. <laughs> yep, yep. I miss those. That's the one thing I miss about Skype when we didn't have to stare at each other's faces and we had our profile yeah. pictures. The good old days. Uh, now, I guess the Kate stuff, we can sort of lump in with the Razor and Marie stuff because that's. Mm-hmm kind of the CTU stuff, but it's sort of, it's all kind of connected. So, I mean, I guess literally with the, the razor and um, TV's John Terry scene, um, they basically just get brought into CTU, um, separated. And then uh, Mason's all like, uh, no, Tony's like, ah, I pressed them pretty hard. Like, no, you didn't. Uh, <laughs> I know. 
Bernie. basically said, no, you're not getting a lawyer. Why don't you put these handcuffs on? No, 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 no. <laughs> like, to point out how inept Tony is a CTU agent, we're going to have Paul or whatever his name is in five seconds. <laughs> oh, I found something here. Oh, look at all these files. Oh, he's done this. Oh, he's done that. Oh, they're deleting themselves. He must work for the government. Five minutes. <laughs> Private guy down at the freaking boulevard. You just pay him 100 bucks an hour and he'll come and do shit for you. A government-trained agent who goes through years of training and everything to work for the American government is shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, I pushed him pretty hard. I'm not going to have a lay down. Uh, <laughs> like, he's like, as, as this bomb, like, basically hit his head or something like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, Mason's like, oh, you need to put bamboo under there, some fingernails, and fucking oh. do it, basically. Um, I do love when they come here and um, like they're looking around. Is it Marie who's like, is it safe to be here? I'm glad somebody points out that CTU was just being bombed a couple of hours ago. Although we do get the passing line here from Michelle, 30 dead, 17 wounded, too critical. And you're working there still? <laughs> <laughs> like, 30 people are dead. Like, they should literally just be like, three people are dead. 30 people are yeah. dead. I think, that's more than Jack, dead. I think that's more than Jack killed last season. Uh, <laughs> and that's saying something. Um, but I love John Terry. This is that building that was bombed this morning. Why are you watching the news on your daughter's wedding day? Like, come on, focus on, on the real things here. Um, but we get the big reveal, which is kind of in cahoots with the Kate stuff. I, I guess... Kate, at the same time, we're meeting this guy. We've not... Is this the guy that was on the phone last week? That guy's like, well, he's not working today, but I'm working. I can help you. Um, so this is Paul. And basically, he's what, a hacker? He's a creepy-looking guy. Like, this guy, he's been me too. All hackers are. But no, he's, he's been me too. Like, he's like, something wrong with him. <laughs> um, he's no Brad Grunberg. But he's like, he's sitting down, Kate, and he's always like, oh, let's hack into this. Oh, let's say. And your favorite thing about computers this is 2003, but we're still getting the. <laughs> this is a Windows computer. Again, like if this is some, it's a Unix system, I know this. Like maybe it would be like, it's Windows 95. Never beep for me when I typed on things. Um, but yeah, essentially they're going through here. We're finding out that Razor made withdrawals. And then paid Saida Saida Lee for consulting services. Um, and I do love this. Like, again, to point out how dumb Tony is, all this guy is doing is like, hmm, bank transfers, interesting. Oh, but they're saying my dad did it. Let's pull up the calendar. Oh, dentist appointment. <laughs> Walking the dog. Oh, hang on a minute. Cool cleaning. There's a... There's a file that he opens every day here. <laughs> Bigboobedmills.com. <laughs> what is this? Uh, Dad, like, this guy literally opens up Outlook and clicks on calendar. Takes seeing <laughs> Angelina Jolie video. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in jokes, they're funny. Um, <laughs> but, like, it's literally, he looks up a calendar on Outlook. And Tony's gone back to see to you. Oh, I pressed him pretty hard. This guy has done what I do if I'm going to stalk someone's computer. If all of a sudden I'm bored, I'm at Colin's house. Oh, what's Colin been up to? I bet you he really does look at porn. I'm like, I'm going to check your web browser. I'm going to go to your Outlook. Colin works for CSIS. This whole thing's deleting. But I just, I love this whole thing when he's like, 
See this here, this file is this. Oh, it's deleting. Only people with government clearance can have this type of information. Only a government employee will have access to delete such file. But Only who and why? Sith. Harder to answer. Meditate on Deal. this, I will. <laughs> Deal in absolutes. <laughs> but then, of course, we intersect this with the fact that we cut back to CTU where um, TV's John Terry, who all of a sudden is like, Yes, Tony. Are you gonna don't don't interrogate me as hard as you did back at the house. I can't take anymore. I can't take anymore. I confess. I know where the bomb is. Uh, I'm totally like, mm, yes, yes, that's how it works. Um, but basically, we get the big plot twist here that he works that TV's John Terry works for the CIA. Now, am I the only one watching this going, oh, finally Bond and 24 are connected. <laughs> like, <laughs> it makes sense. Like, he works in the CIA. And so he's a consultant because he travels so much. He passes it like, fuck, like, I'm thinking of, like, these <laughs> athletes who travel the world all the time, like, to different countries. Do they get contacted by the CIA? Like, the same Bolt secretly working with baby ears. Um... But I love this how he's all like, yes, call up Langley. He's my code. Um, and Tony's like, well, I'm a bit tired from pressing you for information, but maybe I'll call this number. <laughs> oh, it's so like, it's just, it's, it makes no sense. Um, but then I, I love how, is this basically now when Mason like goes off? Because like Tony goes yeah. to Mason, doesn't he? He's like, yeah, so he works for the CIA. Like, oh, really? Have we verified this? Maybe. I don't know. And then I think this is where, um, by this stage, Michelle's gotten a name from the conversation that we'll get to from Jack in a minute. So then Mason's like, has a bit of a look over at Razor and Marie. And uh, I just let Mason, just out of nowhere, basically just walks up to Razor and just fucking pins him against the wall. <laughs> Who does number two work for? Who does number two work for? And Razor's just like, get off me. You can't touch me like that. <laughs> just love it. I just love angry Mason for no reason. Just out of nowhere, just does bash and Razor. Uh, then they'll rip it off George. He's like, oh, get off me. Of it. <coughs> Coffee. I'm watching the scene right now on mute. He's literally choking him. I, why didn't we talk to Philip Reese about this? Uh, <laughs> what was it like getting choked by Xander? I love when he's being pulled away, old uh, uh, Razor here. He's going like this, like, you're crazy, man. You're crazy. He's like pointing at his head going like, you're crazy, man. You're crazy. <laughs> Oh, it's so bad, but it's hilarious at the same time. And then what's going to happen at the end of the episode? Poor old Kate and Phil or Paul or whatever his name is walking out. And, oh, Kate, what can I tell you? He's a government agent. That's beyond my ability. Like, we know how well trained they are. Like, those CTU agents probably would press him really hard. And as, it, and as and like, you know, I, I love Sarah Winter. Not so racist this week, um, but I do love expositional Sarah Winter, where she's just always like, Hmm, but if my dad works for the government, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> may as well turn to the camera. Find out next week on 24, <laughs> 7, 8 p.m. Central on Fox. Um, but, like, I love it when they're walking out. I love they just randomly get kidnapped. I forgot about this. Um, like, I love Sarah Winter, proud Australian, not a great actress when getting kidnapped, just saying. <laughs> kind of annoying. Uh, I'm glad she got knocked out pretty quickly. Um, but it's like, ooh, plot twist. Not not Kate and 
this guy, don't get kidnapped. It's like, it's a guy, it's a, hello, we're the anti-racist agency. You are being arrested for being too racist. <laughs> What's going on today? I couldn't even get the FBI onto this. <laughs> <laughs> the boss with the bomb. Um, yeah, anyway, Kate, Razor, the gang. Last you know what I also didn't realize until you just said that, but getting the FBI on. They have no problem. Nobody has any problems reaching CTU, the ones who are actually yeah. handling this crisis. But the FBI phones are flooded. Um, and, uh, well, certainly even the dead column. The phone lines are pretty empty now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trying five hours ago when all the heads of the department were around. <laughs> all the sockets are open now. They're good. <laughs> Yeah, nobody's had to open a socket since this bomb hit. Paula just sat on that phone all day. She was just like, oh, my God, you would never tell what Michelle told me. (laughs) (laughs) I also love how casually they they kill Paula's character in this episode. (laughs) 30 dead, 17 wounded. And Paula? Dead. Just sad face, shakes her head. (laughs) Everybody, a moment of silence for Paula, please. Can can we actually (laughs) seriously, before you talk, let's have a moment of silence for those innocent 30 CTU victims that just got killed and are forgotten yeah. about. They're just like 30 dead, 17 wounded. Apollo. Hmm. All right, moving on. Back with the day. Hey, Passenger list, of, anyone? Of the, <laughs> of the 30 people who died, is Paula really the one they're closest to? The what, one that they, the, the only episodes they were in with her, they're like, Paula. But like, she's just started. Isn't that her dream job? Like if this was yeah. a news report, it would be like 30 dead, including three mothers. Like that's how it works, right? <laughs> mothers are more important apparently, or like, you know, kids are more important. So like, this is going to be like, you know, three mothers, two children and Paula. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's throw another random reference out there. You know, if, if this is back in the Survivor Oz days, you know, and, and you're like, oh, yep. 30 Oslets are dead, because we definitely had that many. <laughs> 30 Oslets are dead. And James Pickering didn't make it. <laughs> like, I don't think that would be the one. <laughs> Nothing against James Pickering. Nice guy. Good guy. But he's not gonna, He's not going to be the one. They were all like, he's dead. No, I can't go on. <laughs> See, I would have gone with someone like Wowie or that Romanian one who did our graphics. Elite, what was it? Alina. 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 Sorry, I liked Alina. She was really nice. Got married. Congratulations. But you went with James Pickery. <laughs> He's our go-to. It's the only name we can remember. Apparently. Well, I think I bag out Jared enough on other shows, and I'm just basically like, oh, we kind of like Jared. Like, I don't mean to bag out Jared. Jared does a lot of work. Listen off the podium in Eurovision. Um, <laughs> James Pickering. <laughs> Colin, I'm very offended. I'm British. Um, if only we could name our episodes. We rested. He's James Pickering. <laughs> Who was the Irish one? Alan. Alan. Oh, Alan Flockhart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if Alan Flockhart's dead, that's when everybody's going to get sad, who right? The one who, who was the one who was terrible at writing and she couldn't spell? And every time she sent in an article, we we're like, oh, no, not her. Um, uh, Shana, Heather. Yeah, I think it might have been Shana. Shana. It was. Just, I love the confessions oh. that are coming out. The, the, Poor the, Shana. The, the Survivor Oz bags out their own, like, in the 10th anniversary. Now that we're 10 years old, we've got tenure. We're not getting fired. <laughs> If if any of you are listening, we, we genuinely like you. We're just saying like there's We do. There are like if Noah Groves is dead, oh what a tears racist. are gonna be shed. Yeah. Seriously, oh, you well, name me any Oslet and I could pick a floor with them. Except for Colin. <laughs> that guy's a dish. <laughs> oh I I I I would get radiation sickness for him. Uh, oh. We're talking about the mysterious other Colin. <laughs> yeah. God, 
Oh, but, what, uh, a, what, what a man. <laughs> what a man. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> James Pickering is just Pickering. the first name that comes to mind. He <laughs> was a really that. nice guy. This is like James Pickering. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> what's he up to? I'm going to look him up. Keep talking. Let's get him on the show. Why don't we think so? <laughs> well, he's been fired. I think he's still technically like no one well, he got fired, but they were dickheads. But um, like I think that am I still friends? Oh, I'm still friends with him. That's good. I type him on Facebook. Says friends still. Um. <laughs> Oh, he got engaged recently. Oh, oh congratulations. congratulations. James Pickering. He did. He got engaged will, in August. We'll, well definitely done. be more sad if he's the one who dies. But <laughs> he's, he's batting above his weight there. Well done, James. <laughs> Good job. What can I say? Um, congratulations, James. You've done, a, you've done very well for yourself. So there you go. Uh, but Paul is dead. So then we'll move on. <laughs> You meant to um, say like that Paul's dead, our former Oslet. Jesus, oh, Paul! Nobody's crying if Paul's dead, right? Oh, he's de- he's debating that over. Like he was the one I wanted to hang up on every single time he gave his stupid opinion. No, 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 Get no! I'm no, not Corinne. No, Corinne. She's not been put up yet. Veto, Paul. Veto. We get it. You don't like Corinne. We do. Move on. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the the one mode Carlos Bernard acting on Kristen really are. <laughs> I gave you the biggest laugh outside of Dennis Nedry in this episode. <laughs> oh, uh, but but even when he's like, okay, one one area where this one mode Carlos Bernard actually really works is the scene with Michelle, and maybe this is just mm. the chemistry that him and Rico Aylesworth had, because. Um, it, it, it fits into everything we're complaining about, the lack of urgency with this season. And let's be honest, Carlos Bernard is the wrong guy to have on a season with stakes this high because he doesn't he doesn't have that excitement mode, that panic, urgent mode. But when he he's basically telling Michelle, listen, go take a break. Go get something to eat. <laughs> you got some blood on you. <laughs> go, go, let's go get some jello, okay? And then he's like, hey, go clean your go clean yourself up, you know? Go call you James Pickering. <laughs> go call James Pickering. <laughs> he got engaged. Wish him, wish him good luck. Uh he's basically saying everything under the sun is go take a shower. Come on. Go change your clothes. Go slip into something more comfortable, Michelle. <laughs> Put some more blood on you, I find it attractive. But when we're at home, has- I'm in I'm in charge. You may be in charge here, but I'm in charge. But when he has that moment where he's like, hey Michelle. We're going to solve this. We're going to get through this. That I really liked because it kind of ties into the David Palmer quote with uh, with Wheland that he had, like, what, episode two, where he's like, oh, there's a threat against America. He's like, there's always a threat against America. <laughs> and I think that one moment with Tony really did, probably unintentionally, but it really did put this into context. Is like, hey, this is not the first time there's probably been a nuclear threat in the city that they're in. It is just part of their job. And he's just calm down. Just open it. All I need you to do is open one socket, Michelle. Just one, <laughs> That's just opening sockets is nothing other than this. And, is what and we you do know, to get you know, a particular down. socket I want you to open. Yeah. <laughs> go, go clean yourself up and slip something more comfortable. I'll show you the socket. <laughs> <laughs> that's a kinky bedroom talk. Open a socket. <laughs> open a socket. <laughs> 50 shades of 24 coming through. Um, but uh, yeah, with with <laughs> still Marie's allowed to come here when Razor was denied his parents to be able to say you know anything or go with them, 
just screams of Tony's a racist <laughs> even more. Uh, and Mason, of course, where it's like, hey, hey, wait, wait. So you're telling me that Reza is guilty? No, 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 no. I don't think he's guilty. I think that this guy is a CIA agent. Okay, so you're saying Reza is guilty because he's Arab? No, Mason, <laughs> I'm not saying he's, he's guilty. But his, but his skin is not the same as mine. So he's Something guilty. different about that, man. I can't quite put my finger on it. Reza, that sounds some sort of ethnic name. <laughs> he must be guilty. No, George, he's innocent. I'm going to test him. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going with. So, Reza, um, where are you from? Uh, what do you like to do on the weekends? Tell me on the podcast. Tell me on the podcast. <laughs> Your accent. That's not American, is it? <laughs> are you one of those non-Americans that I've heard about? <laughs> You're a terrorist. Who <laughs> commit acts of terror. <laughs> I know uh, your type. <laughs> but uh, my... <laughs> favorite part of this whole storyline is the Kate on the computer, which goes on for way too long in this episode. We got some financial statements here. Hmm. And we got, Ooh, the next month's financial statements and Ooh, bank transactions and Ooh, Ooh, <laughs> debit from the account and Ooh, credit of $25 ooh, NSF charges. Like how long can this go on for? And so finally when they're like, it's an auto-delete program. I'm like, yes, an action sequence. Thank you. <laughs> is that like, because it's 2003, is this because like internet banking was so new? It's like, ooh, <laughs> internet banking, transactions at weekend. I mean, I'll be honest. I remember when I first got internet banking, I was pretty like, ooh, I can see what I bought three weeks ago. This is cool. <laughs> you just have to go into a bank and ask them. Um, now I can do it from my own computer. <laughs> My own desktop computer. I have the internet on computers now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is basically what we get. And I, I'm I'm almost sad that we have the whole kidnapping thing at the end. Because uh, as I've mentioned in the last couple of weeks, I think one of the things that holds up the strongest with the Kate storyline is it is it is the only one that's taking its time to tell a story. Yeah. And developing because, stuff. And, and building suspense. And, and it's also like... You don't, you don't question the urgency of these people because they don't know about the nuclear bomb. Their their biggest thing that they're thinking is wrong is Marie can't get married that day, and oh, the brown guy is getting accused of terrorism again. Like it's kind of like that's kind of what's going on here. So like you don't like you're right. Like they can pull this out longer. They can connect it to the main plot, whereas like we can still question why CTU aren't as urgent as I think they should be. We're about to get into yeah. Palmer stuff. Palmer's chilling between three different offices eating his <laughs> salad this week. Like, I mean, there's a fucking nuclear bomb about to go off. I love Palmer. He's a terrible president. Like, yes. I've always I've always thought he was one of the best TV presidents of all time. And maybe it's because he's a lovable, cuddly bear. But, like, <laughs> and he's a great actor. But, like, seriously, this guy sucks. There's a nuclear yeah. bomb going off. He's eating his salad. Reading his notes, <laughs> like fighting with his ex-wife, bickering with the ex. <laughs> Biggest thing, I'm sh- like, I'm sure that even Donald Trump, if there was a nuclear bomb about to go off, would do something. Maybe <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Joe Biden would probably fall asleep. Inject <laughs> that bomb with some Lysol, it'll all be okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've seen bigger bombs. That's nowhere near as well. Grab the bomb by its cords. Um. Grab it by the socket. 
<laughs> oh god. Um, let's go. Let's do the Palmer stuff. We'll say the Jack stuff last because Jack stuff's easily the best. Um, so we. <laughs> oh god. I ran, random funny moment. It's not really funny, but I love this opening bit with Stanton and Liz where, you know, uh, Lynn, well, let's call it Liz, sure, same difference. Uh, but, you know, Stanton sort of goes to Lynn like, so, Lynn, how you doing? Yeah, fine. Roger, how you doing? Yeah, good, good. So, Sherry's back. Yes. How do you feel about that? Oh, well, you know, lol, awkward for me. I'm trying to get the president's pants. It's kind of like, ooh, let's be suspicious of each other, like, just the, the thing that like makes this so soap opery at the moment too is just everyone's suspicious of everyone in the Palmer presidency. Like again, there's a nuclear bomb going off, but let's all care about oh Sherry's back. Um, but I love this scene when you've got Stanton before he sees Lynn. Look at the extras around the table. You've got military man getting pointed out things by like overly concerned older woman who's probably going casually estimates, casually estimates. Um. <laughs> And there's a guy in a white shirt with a tie who looks way too concerned reading his notes. He's almost like, fuck. Oh, my God. Casualties. I better get this to the president. Like, I just, I'm looking at him now and he's like, oh, my God. Do I want the garden salad or Caesar salad? I can't make these choices under this pressure. The president told me to order his own salad. I don't know what he likes. Does he like croutons or doesn't he like croutons? Like, I just love, like, I Cream want Cream vinaigrette. No. <laughs> Coke or Pepsi? It's too much. <laughs> the answer is always crushed icer cubes. Come on, how am I supposed to make these choices? But I just love the fact that like this random guy, he's probably got like his SAG card, gotten his first on-screen role <laughs> on a major network. You are playing concerned government agent around town. <laughs> I'm not gonna let my agent down. I'm gonna be extra concerned this week on 24. Oh my god. Um. <laughs> At least one person around the round table is concerned about a nuclear bomb going off at, uh, <laughs> at Palmer HQ. Uh, because meanwhile, our beloved teddy bears back like, why? why? So we have like the downstairs, like the war room. Everyone's around the table like, nuclear bomb. And then you've got the, is this the conference room? I don't even know what this is because Palmer goes up. It's all wooden laden. It's all pretty fancy looking. Like there was all, all no expense spared for the president and his day off when a nuclear bomb's going off. Um, Sherry's on the phone and she's all like going on and like, oh, like, you know, but the Palmer just walks in and he's just all chill and he's just like, grr, grr. Just like sits down and Sherry's all like, so tell me about Ron Wheeland. Like, what about him? I, did you happen to detain him? It's like, yes, I did. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, and Sherry's like, let me talk to him. And I just kind of like, Palmer said, because we can't, Sherry. Uh, (laughs) But I do love Sherry. Like, if you know one thing about me, David, you know, I'm good with the press and I know Ron and Ron likes me. Like, didn't Palmer about four or five hours ago, just be like, you've always known me as being so good with the press. (laughs) Yeah. You're kidnapping them. So yeah, not so much. So obviously, again, like I, 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 I love Sherry to bits, but Palmer is just so dumb. Like, yeah. you stood up to this woman at the. It kind of takes away from the ending of season one, doesn't it? Because it's kind of like you stood up to her. The audience is like, yeah, get rid of her. Yeah, Team Palmer. She's been back for like two hours now, and literally, you're just like a yes man to this woman. Like, she's <laughs> got you by the balls, mate. Like, Jesus Christ, you are whipped. Because literally, you've cut her out. And now you're just basically all like, sure, you can go speak to Rob Whelan. Why not? Um, 
I love this little tense scene. It's Days of Our Lives, yes, when she's down on like level six and bumps into um, Stanton's kind of like, what are you doing, Sherry? Oh, I'm just going to speak to Ron Willand. You don't have clearance for that. <laughs> and it's like, yes, I do. David gave it to me. Armus, he's Armus back. We haven't had Armus actually on screen in a while. <laughs> Good for Armus. Although Armus is going to get into trouble soon. Armus has been a bad boy this episode. Yeah. Um, so Sherry goes in to see Wheeler. I love Wheeler's reaction. Just when I thought things couldn't get any weirder. <laughs> of all, all the bars and all the dirty country, you just happen to walk in her sea. <laughs> you limey double crossing <laughs> son of a... <laughs> it's very uh, 1940s here. <laughs> but one thing I'll say... Palmer detaining the press, bit of a prick, but he's provided him with plenty of reading material. So good, good on you, Palmer. You've got the New York Times, you've got Time Magazine, you've got FHM, you've got Sports Sassy. Illustrated Swimsuit, Team Vogue. <laughs> oh, is my boyfriend really cheating on me? Uh, a, B, C, oh C. Um, but I, I kind of love like Sherry's like bribe here, where Sherry's all like. Yes, we can get you an exclusive. Like, I'm Team Ron Wheeland here. He's got all the cards here right now. He's just basically like, well, like, fuck, I've been detained. I have the story of the year. You yeah. do. Like, you can't stop this guy from telling this story. Like, you've given him a, a bigger story. I think Palmer actually admits it at one point, though. I think he says, like, oh, shit, I've already given him the bigger story here. <laughs> so then Sherry's all like, I'll tell you what I'll do for you. I'll give you a tour of the OC. You can meet Marissa. And Ryan <laughs> and Seth <laughs> and Summer and if you're lucky, Sandy. Because uh, that's the other Gallagher. I would meet Peter Gallagher over Misha Barton. Who wouldn't? <laughs> I'd rather have sex with Peter Gallagher than Misha Barton. But well, tricky. Uh, <laughs> that's a really tough one. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Misha Barton's thin and like. Gets high a lot, and I haven't seen her in about 15 years, so I don't know what she looks like Nobody anymore. Nobody has. <laughs> Peter Gallagher, that's a man. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was a villain in Mr. Deeds. I mean, come on. He pissed off Adam Sandler. That guy's got balls. He slept with Kevin Spacey's wife in American Beauty. You know? He, he, he got onto it before Kevin Spacey. Like, he knew Kevin Spacey was a prick before the world did. <laughs> You know? He's like, I'm he still in net betting from you before you hurt her. I'm the saviour. See? There we go. He is the actual hero of American Beauty. Now that we watch it, you think he's a cheating, <laughs> the bastard who cheats, you know, with it? No. He's saving her. Um, <laughs> bring back Peter Gallagher. You don't want him in 24. <laughs> uh, and, you know, another, uh, well, not a 24 actor, but a connection, 24 to um, uh, Covert Affairs, because uh, I, I probably know him best from Covert Affairs now. So he's basically oh. already been on 24 because it's essentially the same show. He was in something not that long ago that I saw, and he like he's definitely older. Was it that's what Blue happened. Bloods? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I swear, I don't know how many episodes I listen to of our podcast. Old episodes, new episodes. I have never heard a human being drop Blue Bloods on a podcast, <laughs> and you do. <laughs> Last night I recorded uh, Lost with Noah, and I randomly brought up Young Sheldon, and I got <laughs> laughed at because I watched Young Sheldon. <laughs> As you should be laughed at. Young Sheldon and Blue Bloods, two great CBS shows. Props to CBS. <laughs> Keep it up. <laughs> Give me my dumb network television that some people still watch in 2021. Come on. 
You know, if Blue Bloods and freaking Young Children were on in 2003, that would be epic TV. This is just like, <laughs> let's be honest, if 24 was on like this in 2021, it's a dumb network show that airs on like a Friday night in CBS. I just want that commercial <laughs> on, on Must See Tuesday or whatever. Watch an epic, suspenseful episode of 24, followed by a riveting episode of Blue Bloods, followed by a hilarious <laughs> Young Sheldon. <laughs> Followed by the prequel, Young Blue Bloods. <laughs> See a young Tom Selleck. <laughs> Find out why he's different from the rest of his family. Narrated by like, Tom Selleck. If we're going to have a young anything on 24, can we get a young Mason show? That's the one I want. <laughs> I want young Kim. You- so she can die. <laughs> Kim, Jack Terry is staring at her in the bath. Hmm, Terry, I've got a thought that crossed my mind. Would it be wrong if she just fell under the water for a couple of minutes? Oh, no. I thought you were, I thought you were going somewhere else. At the end of the, I think she'd be really good at swimming one day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Terry, she's got a really good body. Jack, I'm disturbed by your thought process. She's six months old. <laughs> oh, what is going on with this episode? James Pickering never would have done this. Um, <laughs> um so Sherry's just like, yes, I will give you a tour of the OC. No one has ever done that before. Um, and Whelan's like, hmm. Yeah, hmm. Complimentary bag of peanuts from Air Force One. <laughs> I'm sorry. This guy is like a big fucking deal of a journalist. Ooh, I get a tour of where the president works. Ooh. <laughs> like, I love she's like, no president's ever given a tour of this before. Probably because it's can pretty take, boring. Can I take home a pen? Yes, sold. <laughs> that just reminds me of Independence Day when Jeff Goldblum's there with his dad. See, they got those pens that they give away. Dad, what? <laughs> <laughs> if I ever do a tour of the White House, I want to ask about a pen. Um, <laughs> is there a pen that I can have, Mr. Biden? Because um, I'm sure Joe Biden does personal tours of the White House. <laughs> Uh, must work for the FBI. Nothing going on today. <laughs> My two o'clock appointment's here. All right, so this is the West Wing. Uh, <laughs> but um, so, yeah, that's the big deal that Sherry's given there. Um, and then I, I love this. I love this bit when Sherry goes back to Palmer and is just basically like, yes, no, Wheeland is going to go ahead with the story. And Palmer's like, hmm, okay. You're dismissed. <laughs> Again, Palmer's just chilling. Just, is this where he's eating his salad? Uh, <laughs> I think that's in the next scene after this. But I just, I just, I actually, one thing I will say, I actually like this scene between Palmer and Sherry because I just kind of like this Sherry moment where Sherry kind of just like, she turns, she puts on a jacket. She's like, you know what, Palmer? Palmer. You know what, <laughs> you know what David? You know, I've I've seen you do lots of things and all oh, that movie you used to do. But like, <laughs> I'm the only one that you've never given a second chance. Um, but I love this kind of speech where she's just like, "You were right to get rid of me, file for divorce." You know, I was caught up in power, but you know, I've learnt that I can't, you know, handle this and blah blah blah. Um, and you know, all I want to do is help you. And like, again, this is where Palmer is just dumb because I I know Sherry well enough to know that she's just being a manipulative bitch and she's brilliant 
And like Palmer's like, hmm. Well, you've never done me wrong before, Sherry. But I don't promise <laughs> like anything you in return. Frequently done me right. <laughs> like, but like, like I just love his line. He's like, hmm. Like literally, you've already defended her. You don't need to dismiss her only to bring her back. And then all of a sudden, go, but Sherry, I can't promise you anything. Like. What like are you like? What are you expecting? That Sherry's gonna be like, oh, but I really want a Nebraska. Exclusive tour of the OC. Yeah, you're a president. Can I have a state? Like no one, no one, no one wants Wyoming. Just make me governor of Wyoming. Rename it Sherry Wyoming. Yeah, (laughs) Sherry Dakota. Uh, (laughs) North Sherry. (laughs) Sherry York. Um, (laughs) Sherry Fornia. Uh, all right, we could do this all day. <laughs> this is this isn't a very James Pickering style joke to get through. Uh, <laughs> absolutely not, Ben. I would not stoop to that type of view. Why is he like freaking? I don't know who that even was. Um, ah, okay. So this is where Palmer's eating his salad. Uh, have I missed a seat here? No. All right. Uh, so Palmer's eating his salad, having a good old. Good old, uh, I don't know, is, that a, is it a green salad? Do you think it's a, it's a Caesar? Uh, <laughs> Greek. Of, uh, Greek. Um, and again, just like chilling. And here's Lynn walking in with another report. Here are the FAA guidelines that Stanton recommended. Why are these okay for Stanton to recommend? Whereas an hour ago, he wants to send the military out. Oh, we must be evil. These ones, oh, yeah, they're pretty good. FAA regulations, I completely agree. Um, but then we just get this awkward scene. It's like, so, Lynn, what do you think of Sherry being here? Well, so what? whatever you want, sir. You're the president. Oh, Lynn, tell me the truth. And she's such a politician. <laughs> well, you know, um, I think that, you know, she could do things if need be. <laughs> like, it's kind of like, maybe I'll get into your socket later, Mr. President. Um, <laughs> and then Mike's got to make an appearance because, you know, he hasn't showed up. And then what's happening? Whelan's on TV. He's out. There he is. And, like, is he that important that he gives his own press conference? Like, I'm sorry. Well, Whelan's who does calling he work his for? Ed- I don't know, like CNN or something. Let's say he works for CNN. Why are, like, Fox and ABC and NBC, oh, CNN reporter holding a press conference about being detained? Like, why is he giving this story to other journalists? Yeah. You, he's giving like- it away. His exclusive is his back. He should be like calling up his editor, like Mr. Jonah Jamison. I've got the story <laughs> of the year for you. Clear page one. Like get online, put me on CNN right now. You are giving your story away to Fox. By the time you've given this press conference, you're back at the office. All right, time to write my exclusive. Uh, Mr. Wheeland, it's the lead story on all networks. Gosh darn it, Aww. beaten by journalism again. <laughs> They promised me that they wouldn't air that yet. But I, but I also love like him like he basically came there say so, like the the whole reason he got detained was hmm I hear this Whelan guy might be onto something he doesn't know much but he thinks something's going on no mm-hmm. one tells him anything not a single soul is mentioned anything to him he's given a press conference there's gonna be a terrorist <laughs> attack it could be Middle Eastern. Or domestic. <laughs> like, way to jump the racism card there, Mr. Whelan. <laughs> Just say terrorists. All you have to say is terrorists. You don't need to say Middle Eastern or domestic. <laughs> it could be Osama Bin Laden or that Timothy McVeigh. I know he bombed <laughs> Oklahoma a few years ago, but he's still alive. It could be him, that evil bastard. Um, and then I just love Palmer just like, 
damn it! Who did this? Get me, Armus! Armus! Armus is in trouble! <laughs> oh, but there's we- some good story building. We've been waiting all season. Oh, I feel like we're going so long on this episode. We're not even to the good part, but... um. <laughs> I told Jamie too. I'm like, this is probably the worst episode I've ever seen at 24. This isn't going to take long. Famous last words. I actually like. I oh god, the rating is going to be so different between you and I at the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to add on Palmer? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, I will say, Penny Johnson, Gerald, best actor on this show, like bar oh, none, yeah. oh, because Kiefer. that's that. Well, in in this scene, I think she tops even Kiefer. Uh, the scene with Whelan. I'd watch that. Uh, <laughs> but like, oh. what is it accomplished though? She builds it up. I'll go in there. I'll flirt with them. I'll smooth talk them. <laughs> I'll make it happen. She comes like, well, I gave it my best. Sorry. <laughs> like, it Let's doesn't accomplish honest. anything. She, she should walk out of that room like wiping her lips. Going, oh, well, <laughs> no budging. Sorry, David. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it, like, it's such a good scene. Like, I actually wrote down this might be one of the best scenes of the entire season. But of course, it goes nowhere, so that kills it, and that's part of the problem with this episode. Uh, but I, I also love that when when David or Palmer, as Sherry likes to call him, when Palmer uh, agreed to let her on as a consultant or whatever, was like, get her a phone line in here. What do we see yeah. her on this episode? Her unsecure cell phone. What <laughs> a terrorist attack! You don't say. <laughs> Hillary Clinton all over again using a yeah. personal email. <laughs> God. Uh, I mean, Lock her up. Lock her up. <laughs> Many fireable offenses from Sherry this week, I guess. Hillary Clinton was a massive 24 fan. She's going, so <laughs> Sherry can get away with it. I can get away with it too. <laughs> I have an idea. <laughs> um, but then the, uh, the, the I was going to say Tony. What's his name? Palmer. Just remember his name is Palmer. Okay, he's no longer David. President Palmer, Tony. Palmer and Sherry, like I was kind of, I wasn't on board with this whole frustrated ex bickering that they've had going on. It was a little bit too much, but just like with the Tony calmness is something just clicked in this episode where I feel like it worked. And, and it is again, Penny Johnson, Gerald just with the, the fake sincerity. It's like, I came here to say, I was sorry, Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> you could be a little bit more forgiving. Uh, she just makes everything so much better in the show. And I don't, I, I definitely loved Sherry when the show originally aired, but I don't think I quite appreciate her to this level to be able to see what she can do with bad storylines in season one. <laughs> really some of the worst storylines in season one, Sherry made work the worst storylines in the season. Sherry makes them work. Even the Lynn, uh, Sherry, you know, kind of bickering over their man. That even kind of works for me now. So as bad as this Palmer drama is, I actually like it because Sherry's there now. And I don't know if that's that's a good thing or a bad thing. I, I think it's a good thing just because, again, as I said before, I think like the acting is just so top-notch in this episode that I just buy the absurdity of some of this stuff. And I just, I just I'm... I can't wait for our ratings of this episode. Um, oh, and but, one more thing. The, the stand, oh, yes, yes, another yes. thing that Sherry did really well, because you mentioned her passing in the hallway to Stanton, that whole line about uh, the, the flow of information, whatever, where she's just taking like this cheap shot at him really, really politely as she does. It's like, yeah. well, uh, you know, uh, it would be a shame if there were any more leaks of information from your department or whatever she said. I, like she, she can make any scene work. Which 
Now, I'm, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but like based on my memory, aren't these two working together or aren't they somehow involved with each other? Like when stuff is more revealed later on about Sherry, I feel that there's a I, connection I re- here. Like I vaguely remember the Sherry stuff that comes up later on, but again, so much about this season, it's just, we, we've already talked about how I always mix up season two and season three Sherry. So everything's kind of a blur for me about how this actually finishes up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I swear there's a connection between these two. So this scene maybe doesn't make sense or maybe they're just pretending. I don't know, because Amos is there and he knows shit. Um, I want I want um, Ron Whelan to be walking out of the interrogation room wiping his lips because he's just blown Amos to get that out. <laughs> well, anything for journalism. Um, true story. That's what we have to do as a journalist. Um, but let's get to the good stuff, the Jack stuff, which surely you can't even bag out the Jack stuff. Although we do have I a will very- for some of it. Well, there's one, like, really over-the-top, like, soap opera CD, which I fucking love, Jack Bauer, the soap opera star. So um, they're interrogating uh, what's-his-face here, um, Fahin. And I, I, the thing I actually really like about the CTU stuff is I love, like, Michelle on the phone being the translator. Like, I just, I love, like, yeah. Rachel Ellsworth, actually, props to Rachel Ellsworth. She kind of has nothing to do in the last couple of weeks, but she's really good in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of, I like this moment just back and forth. And just, I just, I love the way she just is like, Nina, you've got to give us a bomb. Fahim, I don't know where the bomb is. <laughs> like, is Jack there going, which is the man and which is the woman? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then basically Jack gets frustrated and Jack's like, Damn it, Nina, you're not getting anywhere. Let's get you back here. We'll get it out of you in time and we'll take you back. I I just love this. This is a soap opera bit. Jack's like, I'm going to get her in the car. And put him in the car. No, back off, Jim. And starts like shoving everybody. And Nina's like, I'll roofie you. I'll roofie you. And then I love it how they like grab him. And then they've all got the gun on him. And they're like, put the gun down, Agent Bauer. I mean, is he an agent? Did he get reinstated? Um... But then I just love angry over dramatic soap opera Jack here slams the car door. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is just you want, like, not damn it, Jack. Like, oh, gosh. No, I nearly got away with it. Um, we're then, we're back on the plane, aren't we, here? Now, I don't think I pointed out last week. I forgot to, and you kind of get it here. There was a terrible CGI shot of the plane last week. They did a cutaway of the plane flying. It was terrible, and we kind of get a little bit of one here. Um, But what is, like, basically the rest of the Jack stuff, which is so epic, is Nina and uh, Fahid are sort of having a conversation, and Fahid is not giving up anything, and sort of they're uh, giving, um, you know, the back and forth of the show. And I I just love, like... Keeps other than just sitting here. He's kind of just like, you know, he's just chilling on a plane, reading his New York Times and just kind of, oh, off the podium, top six Olympic podcast. <laughs> Good. Uh, subtle plug. Um, and then, like, just casually watching their conversation. He's just got this, like, manner about him, Keeper Sutherland, like his facial acting where he's like, he just looks like he's busy, but he's also, like, paying attention at the same time. Like, it's really, really cool. I love it when he takes off his headset and he has a bit of a question with Nina and he's just kind of all like, you know, damn it, Nina, dagger. Um, you've got to do this for us, for the world. We're running out of time. You know, all the good old cliches. And she's all like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, but then the, the best bit of this whole sequence is kind of intersecting. Oh, we sh- I should mention you see uh, Nina with a $50 gift card. It's in a, in a wrist pocket thing. She's getting ready to stabby stab. <laughs> Um, but the, the sort of intersection with Kim. So when Jack's on the phone to Kim, this is like, 
I'd say it's my favorite scene of the episode, but it's not because we've still got a, one of the best scenes of the season to come in this episode. Um, like I just love like Jack like, and Keith Sutherland just sells this so well that he's literally so engaged in this conversation like with Nina and that, that all of a sudden he's like, what? Kim's murder? No, wrong. He's not Kim. Not a murderer. Terry maybe, but not Kim. <laughs> um, but then like, and just kind of like this, he's so concerned and angry. And then all of a sudden, like he's trying to help out Kim. And then kind of like you literally like get him still doing his job. And I just love the way he kind of like looks over. He's got this look in his face. He's like staring his eyes at Kiva's God. It's just, it's it's amazing. Like if you give an Emmy for a stare, give it to Kiva Sutherland here. Because the way he's just staring and he's just got that level where obviously he's like so torn because he's doing his job. Well, sort of. He doesn't really have a job. <laughs> but, um, and then like Kim's like, dad, dad, I'm dead. Shut up, Kim. Michelle, what's he saying? <laughs> but, like, he's not even yelling at Kim. He's just like, hold on, honey. What's he saying, Michelle? Dad? It's okay, Kim. Just hold on a second. I said shut the fuck up, you dumb bitch. <laughs> You're adopted. <laughs> I wish you died instead of the your brother or sister in your mum's stomach. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to pass on your details of that cougar in a few hours. But just... It's so epic, the way that kind of, like, Jackie's just paying attention to this. And then all of a sudden... Like, you, they're whispering back and forth. And then all of a sudden, Jack's like, what did he tell you? And then Nina's like, he told me where the bomb is. Nina jumps up, stabby McStab face, dead. Fahid's gone, blood everywhere. Oh, no, not Fahid, my favourite character in 24. Um, and I just, I love Sarah Clark here. It's like, you know, I know where the bomb is, Jack. I know where it is. Like, I just love her acting here because she's so good. Like, she's been a coward in this episode. She's been calm Nina, investigative Nina. And now she's back to being, like, evil villain Nina where she's just like, I know where the bomb is, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> like, mustache twirling. <laughs> maniacal laugh, maniacal laugh. Um, <laughs> and basically they get a name. They, they couldn't hear any of the translation. This is the name that Mason bashes up Razor for. Um, and then Nina here, you're going to fly me to San Diego. You're going to get me a plane to Sao Paulo and I'll tell you where the bomb is. And I love Jack on the phone. Damn it, George, we can't do this. And George is just like, eh, get her a plane. Go to San Diego. (laughs) (laughs) Tell the pilot we're going to San Diego. Uh, Yay, (laughs) SeaWorld. I can see a Padres game. They're still in San Diego in 2003. Oh, no, sorry, not the Padres, the Chargers. The Padres are still there in 2021. Wrong sport, Ben. I don't even know um, what a Padre is. Padres baseball, Chargers were NFL. Um, but also I think we get at some point here, Nina mentions that um, this was planned six months before her arrest. And I always forget about that. So it'd be interesting to go back and watch season one again, knowing that like six months before that day, Nina had sold plans about this nuclear attack. So this attack's been happening for two years, apparently. That's the planning. This is Coming soon months. on Young Nina. <laughs> <laughs> Young Nina, narrated by um, why have I gone blank on uh, what's his face's name? Who plays Sheldon on the Big Bang Theory? Why have I gone blank on his name? Parsons. Uh, yeah, Jim Parsons. Thank you, Jesus. Sorry, Jim Parsons. I like Jim Parsons. You like Jim Parsons? <laughs> I-, I like him just as much as I like James Pickering. He's a good guy. <laughs> Often confused. Um, yes. <laughs> um, but there we get. Uh, the best scene of this episode. Like, you're probably going to bin this episode, but just at least consider a low oh, rank for this one scene. No. Like, come on, this scene. Like, what's so epic about this is this last bit goes for about, like, what, like 
is it three, four minutes? Like it goes on for a lot longer and like you kind of got this dramatic kidnapper, Kate, you've got the cutaways, everything's going on and then all of a sudden it just kind of goes quiet and then you've just got this speech by Jack and like, holy fuck, this speech is epic. Now, I, I, I'm going to read this. Can I read this word for word? Is it too long? Because it's on, it's on 24 Wiki. Be my guest. Okay, so this is be my guest, be my guest, me from real gorilla chest. Um... <laughs> So this, this is the epic speech, and I'm no Keith Sutherland, so this is not going to do this justice. So this is Jack's speech to Nina. Sunday before you killed my wife, Terry and I went down to the boardwalk in Venice. Under the boardwalk. Here, <laughs> that thing. Just watching all the rollerbladers and musicians, laughing at the crazy people, spending time together. And Terry sees his snow cone stand. She giggles like a kid, takes off running, wants to get in line. She wants one. I remember. I was watching. I... I couldn't help myself. I hate them. All of them. <laughs> All the crazy people. The, the man, snow cones. But the women and the children. <laughs> not just the snow cones, but the ice cream <laughs> and the Dixie cups too. I murdered them like animals. Um, Keep Sutherland would be a good Anakin Skywalker. Um, when I looked, old Anakin coming soon. <laughs> when I looked up at her, she was talking with this old lady in line behind her and the two of them were laughing. And I remember thinking to myself, how the hell does she do that? How does she strike up a conversation with an absolute stranger and and they just start laughing? Like, they've been friends forever. Probably telling her about her interior design career. It's fucking hilarious. Um, and then I had amnesia. <laughs> and the Oz Network interviewed me twice, three times. It was great. And that she was carrying, carrying Eli's baby. <laughs> that Colin is a dish. Um, <laughs> but Jane Pickering sucks. Um... <laughs> Like they've been friends forever. That's a gift. I remember thinking, God, I wish I could do that, but I can't. That was Terry, my wife. That's what you took from this world, Nina. That's what you took from me and my daughter. I just wanted you to know that. Holy fuck. Like, burn, Nina. Drop Mike in your face. You bitch. Like, and like, I just like, I think this is such an important scene because we've had, how do I live, Jack, at the beginning of this season? We've had, like, stare down Jack with Nina on the monitor and evil Nina giving him the death stare and all that sort of stuff. But, like, we needed a moment. We needed sort of a real, like, emotional moment with Jack to really realise what this has done. Okay, we got the how do I live moment. But it was just, like, bearded Kiefer on a couch hugging a picture of Terry. Like, well, I do that every night before I go to bed. I hug Leslie, Leslie Hope in the frame. <laughs> we all do. Oh, Three-time Oz Network guest, Leslie. Oh, love her. Um, but... Like, I just, I just think it's so important. It's so important. The one thing that I almost have a problem with is that the thing gets ruined by the plane blowing up. Like, I, like, I get it. I get you got to end it. But you could end this episode right here, and it's fine. That's a good way to end an episode. You don't always have to have an explosion. I get it. All yeah. oh, drama, the plane's going. You could open next week up with a plane going down. Like, to me, this is a perfect ending. Um... Top five for me. I will fight tooth and nail for this being the top five at the end of this season. I think it's our uh, what our second possible nomination after the Get Me a Hacksaw. Um, but, yeah, and I can only think of two other moments off the top of my head. Neither of them involve a cougar. Um, so if I'm thinking of four moments this season, what would be the fifth? I don't know. Um, the, the bumbling terrorist. No, the bombs. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, tell me you love this scene. Come on. So you're going to hate me. I hate the scene. Uh, Get fucked! <laughs> Fuck you! I, I, that is now, the I'll worst thing you have ever said on this show. <laughs> ever! What is wrong I'll tell with you, you? I'll give you I'll give you my good no, explanation no. behind this, okay? Damn First it. of all, this is the wrong episode to have that scene in. 
you have nowhere to go with Jack after this. You started this season with the, the how do I live, Jack, right? <laughs> and James Bond got it right. You know, you need to build up to that. You need to, you need to let the character develop to a point where you think this is what the whole season is about, not what the first eight episodes is about. And I know that they do the three-act 24, but this is the wrong act. You could have done this even two-thirds of the way through the season. It doesn't give us any reason to really fear for Jack or be suspicious of Jack or question his motives from this. That's what they built this entire show around. And now you blow it on the eighth episode, rushing like everything else. On top of that, the other thing that ruins this is they do this Jack, this conflicted, angry, depressed, suicidal Jack, whatever, so much better in future seasons. And we, we won't spoil exactly what it is, but we've talked at great length, even when we're not talking about uh, 24, the season three final moment, which we all first saw and we're like, what? That's yeah, it? Hated and it. Then it. And then it grows on you and realize that is the most effective way to have Jack, Jack express his anger. We never see this Jack unloading like this ever again, this big dramatic speech which might fit i think in a finale but definitely doesn't fit in episode eight we don't see this again every other time we have one of these powerful jack moments he's internalizing he's not saying anything and that's what makes jack such a compelling character is that you always suspect the man's about to blow up because he always is holding it in and to me this is wrecked by them doing this better in season two when this first aired I would have loved this scene. I probably did. I don't remember specifically my thoughts on it or opinions on it, but it stood out. I remembered it. But when you get this done in season three, season four, season five, all the way up to live another day or whatever, done better, it kind of makes this seem so out of place. That's my complaint with it. The only thing I will say to that is that you're a dickhead. No, um, is that <laughs> the... Uh... It does feel a bit out of context in the fact that the last thing we saw between Jack and Nina before this scene was, damn it, we're going to go to San Diego, go rabble, 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 rabble. Like, it comes out of nowhere in that aspect. But, like, no, I don't agree because, like, I think you need a moment with Jack to kind of just reflect on this and... I You do, but... It doesn't have to be done in this way because it never is again. No fault of them in 2002, 2003 writing it like this. But when we see this done so much better in the future, this yeah. doesn't work the same way. Yeah, I get that. But I mean, that's, but you can't help that because they haven't written the scenes for future seasons knowing that, oh, well, we're going to do it better. Like, I mean, it's. I know, it's... but we've seen it. So to be able to say Hall of Fame scene now. But I 20 think years later, the reason I think it's a Hall of Fame scene is like, I get what you're saying, but but to me, it's just such a powerful scene. Like you need, you need a moment between these two that isn't just like, I want to kill this bitch. You need an, and like, even just the way Sarah Clark is reacting, she's kind of got this look of regret on her face where she kind of is like, oh fuck, like, okay, like I'm an evil bitch, but like, I can see what you're saying and just keep Sullivan's delivery here, the way he says it. And it's just, it's, it's emotional. Well acted. Oh, I just, I just think like but the, it's the out context. I think the context of this scene is so Hall of Fame worthy because it's just, it's just powerful. Like, if this was in the first episode, you'd probably be like, oh, okay, well, definitely. Like, but I don't know. Like, I feel you need that build up. Like, this doesn't work if Jack meets Nina straight away and it's like, Nina, I'll tell you about this story at the wall. Um, like it's, it's, and like it's not going to work for the rest of this season because from this point on. Spoiler alert for next week, Nina's got a gun to Jack's head for pretty much the most of the rest of it. So I'm going to shoot you, Jack. But let me tell you about this time, Nina, before you shoot me about this time at the wharf. 
Um, like, uh, this but is the only time you can do it, and it doesn't work next season either. Like, it, this is the only moment Jack can have this speech to Nina. Yeah, and I agree with that. I just feel like this speech now feels wrong. It doesn't feel like this is the way it should have been. But on that uh, context, is- you can take away an epic kill of Jax and say, well, he does a 10 times epic kill in season five, so this makes this one worse. I don't look at it kill- that way. Kills are different, though. This is supposed to be the climax of his character. And really, if you think about it, Jack goes through similar type drama later on. In some ways, it might even be more painful what he goes through later on with other characters. And we don't have a moment like this. So I don't understand why we needed him to it's too much dialogue maybe even if they had done the same scene and he told a briefer story or or he just simply expressed his feeling didn't express feeling so i I don't know something about it just doesn't work for me now because it doesn't feel consistent with him or the show i i definitely disagree with saying he goes through worse with other characters absolutely not terry is the worst and i think the thing that is important with that is that they never give you time to dwell on other characters as much as they do with terry let, let me let me correct myself. Uh, when you add up all the characters, basically what's going to happen from this point on is Jack ruins people's lives. But it's yeah. so many people's lives that you think when you get to season six, seven, eight, and you start to see, okay, the consequences of how many people he has ruined would probably be equal to or top this. And we don't have a moment like that, you know? And and we get other big showdowns with villains. And yeah, Nina's the one, the villain that's most personal. It's just, I don't see Jack as a guy who would need a moment like this too. I, I feel like Jack is a... I'm going to pull the trigger. I'm not going to say anything. Like, I don't feel like he needs to clear his conscience. But again, maybe they they decided later on or they hit on something in season three that just worked better. And I like that better. People are probably going to hate me for saying this. But it just, to me, I, I, I prefer what they do with more subtlety later on. But I And I agree with that. But I think that's the thing, though. I think that kind of because maybe the more recent seasons are more fresh in your mind, you're more almost like, I guess, focused on this Superman Jack who doesn't show as much emotions. And I think we talked a lot about that in season one, about the context of why I think season one is so important. And that's where I think we're still in that era of 24, where it is more so about Jack's emotions and his family. I mean, we saw so many emotions from him last year and he was driven by his emotions for his family and everything like that. And really from season three onwards, we're losing it in this season. It's just Superman John McClane Jack, he's just doing, you know, whatever, James Bond Jack, like pre-No Time to Die Jack, uh, James Bond, uh, you know, like, oh, I'm crying. Um, but um, James Bond doesn't cry. Um, <laughs> he also doesn't die either. What? Um, but uh, <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, but, yeah, I, look, the one thing I'll say, just to wrap it up, um, the context of a Hall of Fame scene for me, though, to say is that it's a season two Hall of Fame scene. It's like this is fair. Well, and like, and in all fairness, this is like, like the, the this is like the the jungle chase and octopusy. You're saying, but, but 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 no, like in a way, but also at the same point, I'm also pointing that out in that like in the context of this season, I think this is a very important scene. If we were just saying rank your top ten scenes over the course of nine, ten seasons of twenty four, probably doesn't make my top ten. I think like when I did that twenty four moments of twenty four, this it didn't make the top ten from memory. Um, so. Yeah, and, like, I would just say, like, where season one, I could be like, oh, boom, 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 these are the moments. I could probably think of a few for other seasons. Season two, there are four moments to me. We've had the the need a hacksaw. There's this. Spoiler alert, it involves a nuclear bomb. And spoiler alert, it involves the final scene Cougar. of the season. Uh, Cougar, yes. Um, so they're, they're the four standouts to me this season that are kind of like, these are iconic mm-hmm. scenes of this season. I can't think of a fifth. 
I, I think I think we'll come up with a fifth. I, I want to say the other thing though is the cliffhanger really does hurt this scene as well, yeah, because I, I, I agree. All I wrote was that it's the most random, unnecessary cliffhanger ever. But I didn't even quite think about how well this scene could have ended until you mentioned it. If they had just ended with him, and again, I'm not. I don't. I said I hate this scene. I don't hate the scene. I just don't think it's as good as it should have been. I don't think this is the way it should have been. But. I, I'm imagining now this episode ending with just will he, won't he pull the trigger or something like that after the speech. That is a good way to end the episode without having to have this random cliffhanger. Uh, but also another way, if you wanted to save this for a different episode, because, hey, Nina's storyline's not done yet. You know, if, if we were wrapping up Nina, maybe this fits better. Uh, but Nina's escape with the, the, the gift card, as he said, slashing the throat. Like, to me, that is one of the great Nina moments of all time. Because the best thing, the reason I love Nina's character is because she's a character that always makes sense. You're never questioning her. And it makes sense in a way that other characters don't. You would think these terrorists would be, she's always in a fight for her life mode. And she's always thinking one step ahead. But it's always self-preservation. And that mm. scene perfectly illustrates why Nina is one of the best characters on the show. Because she's immediately thinking, listen, I'm not taking any chances. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to give myself more power so that I know that I'm going to get away. And it's that line that Jack had at one point saying, like, you don't have a cause. You you don't have anything you're working for. And this is, again, where I think a big failure of uh, 24 with Nina involved is you didn't have Nina as a big bad in one of the seasons. Mm -hmm. Like, like, I get why you don't. But, like, spoiler alert, don't – well, I'm not going to spoil it, but, like, when she doesn't return after season three, like, don't do what you do with her in season three – yeah. Just ship her off for a while and bring her back in like season six. Like, yeah. like fuck, I remember Nina. Tony this. Almeida her. Yeah, well, yeah, fucking literally. <laughs> Tony Almeida her. But then have her like redeemed and Anakin her at the end. Like, they're still good in me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Do you have anything like any of the other Jack stuff in this episode uh, that you didn't? Because I, I went over everything. We talked about that last thing. So I don't know if there's any other. No, Jack I mean, really, it's all about Nina's kill and then that last moment and i think one of those works and one of them doesn't that's uh other than that uh, I, this was a lot of stalling i mean a lot of jack stuff has just been stalling for this entire season which i think is one of the reasons why i have a harder time with these random jack outbursts this season mm. uh is because it does sort of come out of nowhere the, the, the one time it worked was with nina in the interrogation room uh even as odd as it is because he set it up he said there's a reason why i'm going to explode out of nowhere for this but it 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 just, it feels like everything that's wrong with this season, it's not necessarily Kiefer's doing it wrong and not even necessarily that it doesn't fit the Jack's character, but it's just what's wrong with this season. We're going to be slow and be slow and be slow. And then we're right in your face, you know? And that's what, that's what fails with the end of this episode. So there's no trivia on 24 wiki, but on IMDb, I can tell you that when Paul Coplin inserts a memory stick into the computer it can be seen that it is a Creative Nomad Muvo MP3 player. There you go. Ah. So that's what I thought it was. Um, <laughs> good to. We all remember those. Things confirmed. Um, so, uh, God, what are you clearly going to do ben, in this episode? Ben, Ben, I see, like, wow. I, we had, I'm looking at you in season one, episode nine, I bought it and you binned it. Um, I'm buying this episode. Um, I just, I just have fun and I just enjoy it. And I just, I, I just, I just enjoy it. I can't help it. Like I, I can weirdly see why you don't like it because like it is a bit like whatever, but like, 
I don't know. Maybe I'm just I've just I've literally accepted that this is what this is gonna be like from now on. <laughs> um and I'm just saying right now, I've got this as the second highest episode of this season. I've got this one oh. spot below last week, so I've got it in 16th place. I've got this sandwich between episode 7 of season 2 and episode 1 of season 2, so number 16 for me. Uh, well, this is not only my lowest season 2 episode, it's my lowest episode, period. Uh, this oh, is dead last bullshit. for me. This no. is as bad as 24 can get. Uh, e- the fact that even one of these stronger scenes of the episode were heavily debating does this work? Doesn't it work? Uh, it's, nothing works this week. It's just, it's boring. It's unnecessarily oh, it boring. in your, when it's in your face, it's unnecessarily in your face. Nothing makes sense. It's bad writing. It, shame on you, James Whitmore Jr. Shame on everybody, but Penny Johnson, Gerald. You don't make sense. James Pickering <laughs> makes more sense than you. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. Um, I'm glad to say that IMDB actually have rated this episode for once. Uh, that's, this is the one they rated twice. So this is apparently the 94th and 95th best episode Ugh. of 24 ever. So top half. I'm on board with that. Um, How are all these season two episodes so high up? I don't understand that. Because this people... is generally regarded as a weaker season. It's funny. It's, it's weird. Whenever I've seen like rankings of this season, like I think it's just a lot of people defend this season, but then like a lot of people don't. Um, I mean, John Kazar on our reunion said that he was fond of this season. So, you know, maybe. <laughs> well, we I think to... he said that he was, he wasn't as critical of the, the cougar as everybody else was. Well, I, I did kind of like his thing of like, everyone makes such a big deal about the cougar. Hey, what is the deal with the cougar? Uh, <laughs> uh, so next week, um, the plane crashes. Spoiler alert. Um, Didn't see that coming. Megan's around again. Yippee. We meet Sayed Ali for the first time next week, so that's exciting. The, oh, the supposed big bad. New second act. It's, you know, the confusing thing about this season is that Sayed Ali, I would say, technically is the season's big bad because we don't well, really get a, like. We like, get somebody of, else at the end of the season who was probably intended to be setting up. Faceless. The, the guy who's a villain in the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we, we couldn't work him into a show, so let's reserve him for other media. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I, I almost want to say Sayali is kind of your main bad of this season just because the third act is an interesting way of doing it. So, um, But then is is uh, Andre Drazen the main bad of season two, season one? Uh, I think the Drazens are the the Period. main. Yeah, I mean, and Victor's the leader, so he's kind of default. I mean, it's it's kind of like fine lines. I mean, Saunders, big bad next season. Oh, Saunders, love that man. Um, Paul Blackthorn. Oh, him, bloody uh, Sandy and and Misha Barton. There's a difficult. There's a good three way. <laughs> Whoa, I'm on board with that train. Um, Throw in John Terry, why not? Um, but yes, anything about next week you want to talk about? No, I'm just I'm optimistic that it'll be better than this because it certainly can't get worse. <laughs> There's a lot of torture next week, doesn't um, our our hacker guy get like hacked up next week? Literally. Um, so uh, yeah, come for the the plane crash, stay for the torture. Um, in the meantime, there's other great stuff happening on the Oz Network right now. Lost, Breaking Bad. I think the Matrix is just about finished by the time we've released this if it isn't listen to it um if it is hilarious listen to it oh that joke <laughs> about neo in part two <laughs> uh. and what you said about trinity 
You devil, <laughs> Disgusting. you. I kind of was turned on by it. Um, <laughs> and um, listen to our other shows. They're better. They get nominated <laughs> or possibly win awards. Don't we probably know. already have won an award. This time next week, we insert Atlanta Falcons right now. <laughs> We're not winning. We'll get the bronze. Oh, yippee, bronze. Um, just side note, if uh, the Australian Podcast Awards are listening to this in December, we're very honoured that we won or didn't win. Uh, <laughs> Not for this show, though. Didn't win. Fuck you. Um, but <laughs> when I get nominated for this show... Uh, uh, Colin wants to go. He's looking at me busily. Uh, my name is Ben, and uh, tell the pilot we're going to San Diego. Sure. And my name is Colin, and rest in peace, you lovely man, James Pickering. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.